Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, a podcast all about the North American model of conservation and your chance to dive into conversations about trends, research, and outdoor activities. It's time to get wild with the 2021 Conservation Media Award-winning host, Jason Creighton. But I think once I once I pointed out that, you know, it's for the greater good, it's for protection of the habitat. Um, and so even people that just go for a walk, you know, and have the leave no trace principles in their mind, um, they're going to protect that habitat. And um, so it's going to be there for the next time they want to go out and when their kids want to go out and when their grandkids want to go out. Um, so I, th- I think it's important, the more people learn about the outdoors and you know the great resources that we have here in Pennsylvania um, the more the, the more they will want to protect them welcome back to another episode of the conservation unfiltered podcast presented by conserve the wild I'm your host Jason Grayton and this is episode number 142 the Pennsylvania Outdoor Writers Association And this week, I'm talking with Paula Pyatt. Paula is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Outdoor Writers Association, and that's a position that she has held since 2018. She's also a freelance writer with over 40 years of journalism experience and an avid outdoors enthusiast who enjoys hunting, fishing, camping, and of course, conservation. During the discussion, Paula's going to share how she got into journalism, the mission of POWA, and who is eligible to become a member. She also fills us in on why it's important to focus on non-consumptive users in the general public, as well as how power is adjusting to new media. Welcome back, everyone. This is an exciting episode for me, um, purely because this really gets into a sort of mindset shift that I've had to make uh, over the last couple of years that I'm still even coming to terms with. But our guest today, as you heard, is Paula Pyatt, uh, Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Outdoors Writers Association. Paula, how are you doing today? Good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I mentioned this mindset shift that I've had to sort of have all of a sudden as I'm reaching out to people to interview and to talk to about conservation issues. Uh, I am now sort of looked at as the media, which is not something that uh, I'm used to because I'm not a journalist by trade or, you know, a news anchor or reporter. Uh, I'm, I'm a teacher. And really, I do this just pretty much as a hobby, just because I like talking about these issues. Uh, You, on the other hand, you have had a very lengthy uh, career as a journalist. Um, So how did you get into journalism? Like what was, give us a little bit of background of what caused you to decide journalism is the route I want to take for my life. I, I am, I am a child of Watergate. Um, As a a lot of people have seen, um, you know, it's it's been the, uh, the 50th anniversary of Watergate, and and I watched that as as a kid and thought, boy, that's you know that's something that I I really would like to do, really would like to make a difference. Um, I was always a reader. Um, I can remember during the summers, um, 
at my grandparents' house, I would sit down and I would read three newspapers a day. And um, it was always, it was just something that always interested me. Um, and I was lucky, lucky enough, I was one of those weird kids that knew when I was a junior in high school what I wanted to do for a living. Um, not many, um, not many people have that, um, have that experience. Um, so I actually got into, um, I got into radio early um, and managed to uh, talk my way into a, a part-time job during school um, at our local radio station and then, um, then went away to, uh, to college, um, graduated from Lock Haven, Lock Haven University with a degree in journalism and media studies then came back to the radio station and, and then there was an opening at the local paper, which um, allowed me to do more, you know, lengthy writing, more in-depth things. Um, that was back at a time, of course, when, um, you know, your, each town had its local daily paper and um, it was just, it was just a great experience. Um, from there, um, when I married, my husband is a is an outdoorsman, a hunter, a fisherman, and, and that's really how I got into the outdoors. That was not something that I that I initially had any, um, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have any exposure to that as a child. So um, it's been a, it's been a long road now that I think about it. <laughs> so I have two questions. Um, first. You mentioned the Watergate scandal and everything that sort of went into journalism surrounding that. Um, in your career of journalism, not that necessarily you took part part in, but has there anything? Has there been anything that was sort of the scale of Watergate that has happened since then, or is that sort of like the high water mark of investigative journalism? For me personally, um, you know. You know, I spent my time at, at a small town local daily. Um, you know, I was at the Evening Times in Sarah for years. Um, so we didn't really have anything on the scale of, you know, of, of Watergate, you know, in our little town. Um, you know, and, and things have changed. I, I, I look back at when I started, you know, when I started in, in communications, whether it be radio or newspapers, and, and I, I look at how journalists do their work today, there's really, there's just, there's no comparison. Um, if in the next 40 years, things change as much as they have in the last 40 years, I don't even think we can comprehend where, you know, where things will go. Um, on a smaller scale, you know, there's always small town politics to deal with and, you know, county level, I was a county, county beat reporter for years. Um, you know, and we had things that, of course, that we we thought were really important stories at the time. And, you know, looking back, I, I think, you know, we did a lot of good um, at our paper, but um, certainly nothing that that uh, rose to the occasion of of uh, Watergate and what Woodward and Bernstein did. So when it comes to all the stories that you've covered, uh, what was your favorite? Oh, that's that's a tough question. Um, I, I think a lot of my favorites actually did come later when I was doing a lot of the outdoors things um, because that's really where that's really where you have a, a lot of the fun. You know, I've I've been on um, I've been on runs where we went into a bear's den and, and tagged the bear. I've been on turkey trapping runs. You know, I've count I've electrofished. Um, 
in, in, in streams throughout Pennsylvania and New York. Um, I think a lot of the favorites are where, where you get to go out and actually experience the action rather than just sit. You know, I sat in my share of borough council meetings and county commissioner meetings and um, things like that. But really, it's been it's been those those times when I can get out in the field and I can actually um, I can actually experience the story that I'm telling. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, when you can um, be a, almost be like a part of the story, I feel like your your writing or your way of conveying the message of what you experience tends to be um, a little more thoughtful. Uh, and it definitely seems to resonate more uh, whenever you're reading an article like that. Uh, but let's focus on, I, I want to focus the, a lot on today on what the Pennsylvania Outdoor Writers Association is. And full disclosure for everyone, um, I'm now a prospective member, right? So like I, I've completed the application to become a member. Uh, and I sort of, I want to say I sort of tangentially knew about the organization a little bit, um, but I really didn't know what it was until uh, you came up to me at Elk Expo and, and talked to me about the organization. So for everyone listening, what is the Pennsylvania Outdoors Writers Association? POWA, it's, um, it's a professional organization. So we've got writers and photographers and artists and broadcasters and bloggers and Anybody that's um, involved in outdoor communication um, in any way. Um, so we're an organization of, of professional communicators in the outdoors. Um, and our dedication is really, we have a number of missions, um, a number of missions under POWA. Um, first of all, our members are dedicated to wise use of our natural resources and what our natural resources and outdoor education means to the public. Um, we do several things within, within that. Craft improvement is big. Um, we always um, uh, session, two, three, four sessions on enhancing the professional skills of our members, whether it's how to take better pictures, you know, how to write more clearly, um, how to get into podcasting, how to get into blogging, how to market your skills, things like that. Um, so we offer that to we offer that to all our members. So if if we have a member who has only ever done newspaper columns, we also like to expose them to podcasts and blogs so they can you know improve their craft and expand their marketability. Um, conservation is another big key of what we do. Um, we promote the outdoor education and, and try to increase people's awareness and appreciation of our natural resources. Um, one of the ways that we do that, um, we are a 501c3 organization and we, every year we have, um, we have grants that we give to organizations around the state. Um, our Kermit Henning um, Youth Education Grant Program um, named after um, one of our longtime, longtime members, Kermit Henning was a life member and, and past president of POWA. And he really started this um, many years ago, almost 40 years ago now. Um, and he's been the driving force behind um, the Youth Education Grant Fund. And he passed away, um, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so we've named the grant fund in honor of him. 
in the last uh, 40 years or so, we've actually um, raised and distributed um, probably close to $450,000 to groups around the state. Um, things like, um, so give you some examples, um, Camp Compass in Allentown. Um, they are, um, it's an organization that's dedicated to um, introducing urban middle and high school youth to the outdoors. Um, they've received our grants. Um, Capital City Bassmasters, they have uh, casting for kids events throughout um, central Pennsylvania, and they have um, a fishing derby in the capital city um, for kids. Um, Dauphin County Parks and Recreation in Harrisburg, we have supported them for their um, summer day camps, things like that. Um, so those grants are specifically set aside for um, youth education opportunities to let kids know about the outdoors and um, and you know just what Pennsylvania has to offer. Um, ethics is also uh, one of our core one of our core missions. We do have a um, we do have a an ethics statement that we expect all our members to um, you know to adhere to. So um, we definitely definitely want to keep that in front of them. Um, and, and we also, a, a big part of what we do is encouraging um, mentoring to our, our current members, as well as the future generation of, of outdoor communicators in the state. Um, we do that in a number of ways. We have a couple scholarship programs. Um, the Will John Scholarship Program was, um, was established oh, back, in the, back in the early 80s. Um, and that gives um, up to four $1,000 scholarships for full-time students enrolled in um, several programs, either at Penn State's University Park campus or at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown campus. And those are for students that are going to be pursuing a career in outdoor communication. Um, and we also, um, just a couple years ago, we established the Let's Go Places Scholarship, and that, that allows us to give um, up to two uh, scholarships to students who are interested in outdoor communications to attend our annual conference each year, um, and they also get a, a year's membership. Um, so as the conference moves around, we try to go to, uh, last year we were up in, up in the northern tier in Tioga County, um, in 2023 we'll be in State College. So we look at the universities and the colleges around where our conference is held. And then um, through a, it's through an essay and application, um, we choose up to two students to attend our conference for free and just get an idea of what POWA is like and really just meet some people and network with people. Um, and that's another big thing about POWA is you know, we get together we get together physically once a year, but we do we do a lot of online work too. Um, and it's just it's it's about networking. It's about meeting, you know, maybe the podcaster or the blogger that lives across the state that you've uh, you, you, that you don't even get to see um, except for once a year, or maybe you've never met. Just to share ideas, and you know, we've, people have made a lot of lifelong friends um, through POWA. So. Um, it, it's really, it's really a great organization. And, and I can say for me personally, you know, before I was the executive director, I was a member, um, you know, uh, lifelong friendships and, um, a lot of great opportunities have come through POWA. Yeah. And one of the things that I like about, um, this organization is that, you know, while 
obviously there's a, a big push in trying to uh, increase the good that how good the membership is, right? Like we're there's a focus on trying to um, make the writers better writers, and um, as you mentioned, give you know more old school uh, method. Uh, sort of introduce this idea of some of the new school methods. So you can sort of just broaden your horizons and, and broaden um, your ability to convey your message. But that not only helps the members, but since it's a public forum that these people work, right, either in a newspaper or blog posts or uh, podcasts like this, like there are non- members that are reaping the benefits because if you're a better writer you're a better podcaster um then you're better at conveying the message that you're trying to get across so why is it important to engage the general public um in something like conservation and this outdoor message well it's it's important uh, on a number of levels. I think it, it's important for the individual um, because, you know, in, in my circumstances, growing up as, as in a hunting family or a fishing family, I see the benefits that I personally 35 years by being in the outdoors, just what it's, what, what, you know, how I have benefited as a person to be able to, to experience what the outdoors has to offer. That's certainly, um, you know, that, that's certainly important. Um, and I think to the outdoors benefits, um, you know, I've, I've often said, you're not going to you're not going to work to save a habitat. You're not going to work to save or to to improve a habitat. It works. Um, so I, I think it's important that that the public that the public know what's out there. Um, and if we're able to help our members make that make that message any clearer, um, then we then we've done a great job to both the reader and to the and to our um, outdoor outdoor heritage. Now, you and I are both what are considered consumptive users. Uh, we're hunters, uh, you, you know, fishing, uh, where we're actively, uh, the activity that we're involved in is active, hopefully, if we're successful, taking something off of the landscape. Um, why do we need to, even someone like you or someone like me, like, why is it important to also reach non-consumptive users like campers or hikers or bird watchers? I think that go that goes back um, again. It goes back to the thought that you know what you are what what you do and what you appreciate is what you're going to protect. Um, there's no question that hunters and fishermen are are among the you know among the top conservationists um, in the world, um, but it's also important that you know the, the camper um, understands. Like I, so I had this conversation, Facebook conversation last last week with somebody. Um, you know, they were saying, you know, why do we have to? Why do we have to get local firewood? Why can't we just bring it from home? Why are all the bands? Why are they, 
And, you know, my rationalization was, okay, these are in place because the very woods that we camp in, the very um, places that we go to relax are dependent upon those trees. And, you know, the the bugs that are in the firewood that you might move would destroy the trees, and I, it's it's an educational process, um, you know. And and we had we had a great conversation. There was no um, no animosity um, inside the conversation, but I think once I once I pointed out that you know it's for the greater good, it's for protection of the habitat, um, and so even people that just go for a walk you know, and have the leave no trace principles in their mind, um, they're gonna protect that habitat. And um, so it's going to be there for the next time they wanna go out and when their kids wanna go out and when their grandkids wanna go out. Um, so I, th I think it's important, the more people learn about the outdoors and, you know, the great resources that we have here in Pennsylvania, um, the, more the, the more they will want to protect them. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, that you conveyed there of that people are going to want to protect the things that they care about. Right. Um, if you don't know what the outdoors have to offer, you're not going to care whether, you know, these trees get cut down or, um, you know, this gas well gets put in um, or that this property, you know, was sold to a housing developer. That's right. not going to matter to you if you don't care about the outdoors and the wildlife and, and that kind of thing, which I think is um, one of the great things uh, about POWA is that with that grant money going out to a place that takes urban, you know, kids into the outdoors and lets them experience it. To again, to go back to some of your favorite things that you uh, covered, you know, when you experience it, it leaves a greater impact than just reading about it or a teacher telling you about it. Yeah. Uh, being able to experience that is going to give you just a, a greater opportunity to act to actively care for what that is. And then, you know, I tell people all the time that you know the one thing that we can never make more of is land. And whenever you alter the landscape for human use, you're never going to get it back to what it was before, right? There, there's, it just takes too long. A forest takes, you know, 100, 200 years to grow into a mature forest that we would know. Um, you're never going to see it back to that in your lifetime if it's cut down. Uh, not saying that we can't cut down trees or we shouldn't. We should. We just need to make sure we're doing things sustainably. Right. And uh I, I really agree wholeheartedly with this idea of we need to get as many people interested in what conservation is and what the outdoors have to offer, because the more people that care about it, the greater chance we're going to have at being able to conserve it and protect it and use it sustainably in the future. And, and I think that's especially true, given what we've been through in the last two years. Um, you know, if you look at if you look at the numbers in Pennsylvania state parks um, during during the pandemic, numbers soared of people who visited state parks who um, have may never have been in the outdoors before. So our communication about the outdoors um, to again, and these are 
non, mostly non, I would say 99% non-consumptive users, um, our communication to them is critical at this point because we have a lot of new people out outdoors who, who have never experienced it before and don't, I mean, I remember having conversations with people who they didn't know we had bears in Pennsylvania. Um, so, I mean, there was a little education that had to go on there. Um, but um, our, the work of outdoor communicators now, not just in Pennsylvania, um, you know, throughout the country, throughout the world is so much more critical nowadays because we have so many more people out in the woods that, um, that just have never been there before um, and don't know and need that education. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think about myself growing up, uh, I was always outside, um, always in the outdoors uh, because, and I really feel grateful for this is that, you know, I had family property that I was able to just freely explore um, every weekend. And my parents took me every weekend. And, uh, you know, I think to think of some of the experiences that I have now, that are very similar or the same experiences that I had many times as a kid and growing up. And it's sort of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> I I've seen this a bunch of times. It doesn't have a, a huge impact in, on me in the moment. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to actively realize that not everyone grew up in that kind of setting. Right. Not everyone has those experiences multiple times throughout their life. Right. Um, and if they've never been in the outdoors they've never had that experience. So it's on me to be able to figure out a way to convey that message of what is possible out there so that maybe they say, that's a really cool idea, or that's something I would want to experience. And they go and try to experience it. And then maybe they find something completely different. Uh, they have a completely different experience that they enjoy. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, recently, um, being at the elk expo and, and seeing some elk. And for me, someone who doesn't live in the elk range, anytime I see an elk, I'm in awe because I don't see them often, but the people that live, you know, in and around Benazette, they're seeing elk all the time. Right. Um, to them, seeing an elk is probably like seeing a deer for me. It's just, it's there, right? Um, you have to, I, I feel like, and hopefully I'm on the right track here. Hopefully I'm not um, causing myself to, to, have my application denied here, uh, but I feel like to be an effective outdoor communicator, you have to think about how, think about the people that don't experience this and how can I convey that message in a way that's going to get them excited about wanting to experience it themselves. Exactly. And, and that's, 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 that's exactly right. Um, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the best ways to do that. And one of the best ways I've found to do that is to, um, you know, to grab a person who has not had any experience in the outdoors and, and mentor them. Um, you know, you, you see, well, yes, you're out there trying to teach them what you've experienced um, in your time in the outdoors. You're going to see the outdoors through an entirely new lens as you talk, as you take people out and you talk to them and you see what they see. Um, it may be things that you've never seen, things that you haven't seen in 20 years. Um, but that's that's a great experience for um, you know an old veteran hunter or an old veteran fisherman is to take somebody new out and see things through their eyes. Um, and if you know if you're a communicator, that's a great way to find out how people are seeing these things with new eyes and how then you can better communicate to the other people 
who um, who haven't had the opportunity yet. Well, hopefully I have a little bit of an inside track there as I have a one-year-old son that um, (laughs) so far seems to like to be outside. And, you know, I I find myself, um, you know, just a couple weeks ago, as of us recording this, we did a trash cleanup with uh, the local chapter of National Deer Association. And um, I took him with me and, you know, reaching down and and seeing, you know, a deer track and letting him look at it and sort of touch it a little bit. And, um, you know, that's something that if he wasn't there, I probably would have looked at him and be like, oh, cool, a deer track, and then just kept walking. Um, but because he's with me, like I'm taking extra time to, exactly. I know, I don't know how much he can understand as I explain, but I try to explain and be excited about these things because I want him to be um, interested in the outdoors. And it it gives me that little bit of, like you said, like you're saying, fresh, fresh perspective on what the outdoors has to offer. Um, you know, just this random deer track. Great. Cool. Uh, I've seen thousands of them over the years, but to him, this is something brand new and something he's excited to see. And, um, that it definitely, um, at least I'm hoping, uh, that it helps make me an effective communicator for adults that don't, you know, are still having those similar experiences for the first time and they're new for them. Right. It, it sounds like you're going to have a lot of practice with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I sure hope so. Many, many years of practice. Uh, we brought up a little bit this idea of new media uh, as we're sitting here talking on a podcast, which is now quickly becoming, I feel, I almost feel like old media now um, <laughs> because so many people are trying their hand at it. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't one of the first ones in. Um, but how is POWA adjusting to the idea of new media? Well, um, we have a um, we have a membership development committee um, within our within our structure here within our committee structure, and they um, you know they we brought bloggers in um, probably about ten years ago. Um, you know, podcasters have come in within the last four or five years, um, and you know, YouTube is it, it, social media. It's you know, for, for somebody, for a journalist in, in my, um, my generation, um, it's all, it's all pretty new and I'm, you know, I'm trying to do what I can where I can, but, um, certainly we have a a lot of our, a lot of our younger members, um, really embrace the new media. And we realize that, um, in order for, in order for our organization to continue to thrive, uh, we need to, we need to welcome those, we need to welcome that new media. Um, so uh, we do have a, an, a very active membership development committee who is working on um, all of our criteria and all of our um, possible new membership categories um, to see, uh, you know, to see how we can include, um, how we can include new media communicators, as well as, you know, as I said before, introduce some of our um, current members to new media to open up more markets for their own, for their own work. So are you saying that um, a TikTok influencer could potentially at some point become a member of the POWA? As much as I know about TikTok. um, (laughs) You um, and me both. I'm, you know, I am not willing to rule anything out. Um, you know, I, I think one of, one of my, 
one of my charges as executive director is to continue to grow the organization and, and to continue um, at, the, at the same time, continue the, um, the professional nature of our organization. So it's important that um, not only do we include new media, but we include new media professionals. Um, and that usually, that, that comes down to um, re, uh, remuneration in some respects. Um, to keep that professional, to keep that professional target on. Um, so while I've been talking to the committee about, you know, new media, new media, um, we really rely on our members who are well versed in those new media to help us decide how to go about um, how to go about including as many of those media mediums as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to you don't want to just include. Uh, a, a new media just because it's trendy. Um, right. You got to make sure that it adds value to the organization exactly. um, and really adds value to, you know, society, right. Um, that it is actually conveying a message. It's not right. just um, some sort of fluff type thing. Uh, I know this is a professional organization uh, there, you know, you have to have a set, you have to meet a set requirement in order to join um, to be considered a professional in this setting. Um, but if someone is, is interested in either joining or even just learning more information about uh, POWA, where can they go to find this information? Um, best place is, um, you know, aside from contacting me, I'm, I'm certainly more than welcome, more than happy to talk to anyone who's, who's interested in POWA and, you know, what it might what it might mean for them. Um, we do have a website, uh, paoutdoorwriters.com, and that includes um, all of our um, all of our application information. There's some um, brochures there that kind of explain the organization and and um, what we do. Um, there's um, you know lists of our um, our members' uh, personal websites and also a list of our supporting member websites. I, I will mention too that we do have. Um, in addition to the 145 or so individual members, we do have um, probably right around 70 supporting members. So they are businesses, agencies, nonprofits in the outdoor world um, who support POWA through, um, through their annual membership and also um, you know, through donations for fundraising for our raffles and things like that. But I think the important thing about our supporting members is they really serve as a, um, uh, you know, they can call, our members can call on the supporting members if they need to do a story, if they need to do a podcast or any kind of a video, anything, any kind of information they need. Say they're talking, they're, they're doing a story on firearms. Well, we have some firearms companies who are supporting members. They can go to them and, you know, get whatever kind of information they need. Um, state agencies, uh, Fish and Boat Game Commission are also supporting members. Um, you know, our members can go to them for any type of uh, any type of uh, information that they need for for an article or a story. Um, and then the supporting members, at the same time, um, you know, have access to our membership to get out word, you know, word about business about products or services or programs or whatever. So it's a great, you know, it's a great mutually beneficial um, platform that we have. Um, so um, 
Did that, does that answer the question or? Yeah, no, that, yeah, that answers it great. Um, I mean, at, at this point, like what, what have I missed? What is there, what is sort of that one big thing message wise that you want to get out about POWA? I think, you know, I, I think we've covered, we've covered quite a bit um, of what POWA is and, and what it does. And, and I think one of the things I, I, I need to stress about POWA is it's as much as it is an organization of people, it is, um, there's a lot more on an individual level. Um, we have our annual conference in the spring. Um, we are back to those now. Um, we did, we did have a virtual conference in 2021, I believe it was. Um, but we are now back to our annual conference where, you know, I see people I only see once a year. Um, and they've been friends for years. Um, so as much as it is an organization, it's also about a group of individuals getting together, um, you know, for the same purpose. You know, we all pretty much have the same, um, I, I kind of liken it to, I always, we always go to the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention in Nashville. And it's three days where I can talk a lot about turkeys and everybody understands what I mean. And nobody looks at me like I'm weird. So, um, you know, POWA is, is, it's a lot of the same thing. Um, it's, it, it's, yes, it's an organization, but it's really a group of like-minded people that, um, you know, we get together for that weekend and um, we fish, we hunt, we do all sorts of activities. Um, you know, we have our work day where we do craft improvement. We have newsmakers. Um, it's just, it's just a great organization of, of lifelong friends. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about being able to talk to someone who understands that when you type the word does, it's not does. Exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> that's always great to not have to explain something like that. Uh, Paula, thank you for joining me. Um, I really look forward to hopefully having my application accepted and, and becoming a member um, and uh, being able to learn from some of the greats uh, that we have here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and, and you know, if you look back at our membership, I, I was looking a little bit back at the history um, and talk about some of the greats. Um, Ned Smith, I mean, anybody who's in Pennsylvania in the outdoors knows Ned Smith. Um, you know, he was he was one of our early members. Um, Roger Latham, you know, if, if you if you are involved at all with National Turkey Federation, you know, there's a national award named after him. Um, he was one of our early um, our, our, our early members. Uh, Jim, Jim and uh, Sylvia Bashline, also one of our early members. So there's a great legacy in Pennsylvania um, through the POWA. And, you know, every membership application comes across my desk. And, and as I look at them, I think there's, there's another great legacy building. And it's, um, you know, it's in new media and it's in, um, it's, it's in video and it's in broadcasting. And um, it's just... Uh, it's just a great organization to be to be a part of. Um, the one thing I did, I, and I kind of had some notes scattered around. Um, the one thing I did want to mention when I talked about the the Kermit Henning Youth Education Grant Fund, that is funded every year by a sportsman's auction that we do at the Harrisburg Sports Show in February. Um, we um, solicit donations from a lot of the vendors at the show and, and a lot of our supporting members. Um, and some of our um, some of our uh, individual members also um, also donate um, works of art, books, things like that. 
Um, and just to mention that this year's, um, well, next year's auction, um, we're going to be doing it again uh, the last Sunday of the uh, of the show um, in Harrisburg, and that is Sunday, February 12th. It's at one o'clock. It's up in the Erie Room, um, and I'm I don't know what we'll have, but I know we'll have some great things. I know we've got we've had trips. Some of our members do some guiding for people, and and we give away those. Um, but that that is the main fundraising that we have for that youth education grant fund. So, um, you know, I would encourage people if they're going to be at the Harrisburg show, um, you know, use that uh, use that Sunday getting free ticket to come back and uh, participate in our auction because um, it's a great time and it raises money for a great cause. Well said, Paula. Well, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Great. It was great to talk to you, Jason. That'll do it for today's episode. A big thanks to Paula for coming on. And a big thanks to you for listening. You know, I am now officially a member of the Pennsylvania Outdoor Raiders Association. And uh, so far, while it's very young in my membership, I am very happy uh, with the experience. And uh, I really hope that this brings, uh, being a member of this organization, is going to bring more and better stories and information to this show. That's the whole point. Uh, you probably don't even realize, if, you're, if you have not been a member of the organization, you probably don't even realize uh, who are members out there. Uh, it's something that um, isn't you know, overly uh, advertised uh, because they're not really looking for you know, just membership like you see from other organizations. Uh, they really cater to a very specific set of the outdoor community, those that are sharing that information. Even though you might not realize that this organization is out there or you know, that certain people are members, uh, I guarantee that if you are interested in the outdoors, if you're listening to this show, you're taking in other media uh, that you know, comes from members of Pala. And these members are all over the state. And we, have, as you heard in conversation with Paula, uh, the state of Pennsylvania has a great, great track record with uh, conservation and, and everything that goes along with it. Because of that, you know, we're able to bring you just some absolutely awesome stories. And, and these people have for over the years. Uh, you know, some of the names when I looked at the list after becoming a member uh, are names that I really admire and people that I have taken in their work for a, a good number of years. If you're interested in learning more about Power, check out the website, uh, check out their website down at the bottom in the episode notes. Check, out, check them out on Twitter. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, they put out some, some great information, um, and they're really supportive of their members that they have. Uh, as I said, I'm really hoping, and, and I really think this is going to happen, you know, that being a member of this organization is going to help with me being able to bring more stories and more unique views uh, and just get the connections going and all that kind of stuff. Just to let everyone in on a little bit of the happenings here at the podcast. Uh, so, as you've probably noticed, this podcast has been released uh, every other week. Uh, and that's due to some scheduling issues I personally have had. Uh, but we have a special episode being released next week on the 30th. So, please, make sure you tune in for that. It's some great information about 
something pretty exciting that uh, that's coming back, <laughs> coming back. And I think everyone's going to be very interested in that. So until next week, not two weeks, next week with that special episode that's coming out, enjoy the holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Enjoy your time with family. And if you can, get outside, take someone with you, and always stay wild.